Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Can you just clear up the narrative that players didn't want to come to Buffalo? You've got seven, eight guys in here in three days. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, um, I'm trying to keep my words. That pissed me off, to be candid, because it was an ignorant comment or whatever. And I don't, you know, I'm not on social media, but um, if you live in Buffalo or you know anything about Buffalo, I mean, don't speak about Buffalo if you don't know what this city and what this fan base is like. I mean, it, it really pissed me off. And uh, because it's not true, and when you talk to players and it was not, how many guys flowed through here today? Eight, nine, whatever. Uh, and we could have had more. We didn't have that narrative. It was total started with a bad rumor on the whole Antonio Brown thing, people looking for reasons, um, and they didn't have all the facts. And um, to, again, people that have been here, I can't tell you how many players commented, this is amazing, this is awesome, what a facility, what a place, uh, what a culture, all that stuff that we have going here. and. You know, this city is, you know, we love it. And all I'm going to say is uh, anybody that says that doesn't know Buffalo and really is just speaking uh, out of ignorance. I, I don't know. I mean, surprise, I, I knew the Bills were going to be active. I didn't know that they'd be this active. And if you step back, you may say, well, boy, they didn't have many top-line moves. They may, may splash. It's not like they signed Le'Veon Bell, but they signed Mitch Morris, gave him the uh, highest-paid center deal in the league, and that stood up even after Matt Paradis got a deal. They bring in Frank Gore, want to see how he can do with LaShawn McCoy, two 30-plus-year-old running backs in that backfield. Signed two wide receivers, agreed to two wide receivers, John Brown and Cole Beasley today, added a tight end in Tyler Croft, and then two offensive linemen in the last uh, couple of weeks here. So clearly trying to surround Josh Allen with weapons and protection. We'll see how it plays out. John Brown, that deep threat for Josh Allen to try to overthrow. See if he can run underneath it. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast and the only podcast that's riding high after a tremendous first few days of NFL free agency. I'm your host, Nate. And we have a great show for you guys. If you are new to our podcast, we talk all year round about the Bills. Um, check out our last podcast where we discussed the first signings of the Bills in the legal tampering period. Um, but in this episode, we will be talking about the official start of free agency. And our normal co-host, Mike, couldn't make it, but I'm joined by my other co-host, John. John, how the hell are you, man? Nate, I am super excited. I can't wait to see what the Bills do next. Brandon Bean is a genius. Trust the process. Circle the wagons. Where else would you rather be? How you doing, Nate? 
<laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm doing, dude. There, there was a lot of things in that intro that you just said. A lot of things, and I'm loving it, man. This is literally one of the most exciting times of the year as a Bills fan, and probably one of the most exciting off seasons we've ever had. I mean, if you think about it, first off, like, bro, I love talking to you in general. Any time I get to talk to you, at least twice in one week is is rare, but it's it's welcome. This is good. It's good always talk, talking bills with your friends. I'm sure everyone listening is talking bills with their buddies, um, their relatives, uh, people at the water cooler. It's just it's just a fun, exciting time. Um, there's a lot of things we're going to get to in this podcast. Um, one of the things that I wanted to mention um, is the bills in the last three, four days have been filling a lot of holes on their roster. And frankly, these are a lot of holes that if you were paying attention, they were here last off season as well. Things like wide receivers, things like O-line, and then they were holes up until now, I feel. So this is a, this is a great time. And John, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I think one of the reasons why this free agency period has been so much fun for us and has been so exciting and has been, you know, such a source of optimism for Bills fans is that the Bills haven't lost any key players as free agency. I mean, how rare is that? Usually when you take on, you know, a lot of players or you're building depth or you're signing some starters, you always lose like, oh, well, we lost our star defensive end or, oh, we lost, you know, our star offensive tackle, but not this year. How nice does it feel to not have lost any key players as free agency? Well, I mean, if you think about it, they don't have too many star players to lose, right? <laughs> yeah, not a ton right now, but they're they're building some. They have some depth. Well, I, mean, I guess you could count Kyle Williams um, losing him to retirement. Yeah, yeah, losing him sucks, but it wasn't like he got signed away or something. You know, we're not losing him to the Jets at least, right? Right. So this is just—it's just a rare time for us as Bills fans, and I don't know if it's going to be like that next year. I know we have some pending free agents. We're not going to get into that because this is 2019, not 2020. But um, but we're going to go over um, the list of free agents that were signed um, in the last day or so, um, some key guys. So last last time we talked to you guys, we talked about the, um, the signing of cornerback Kevin Johnson, ex-Houston Texans uh, cornerback. We talked about um, Frank Gore, uh, the 35-year-old running back, his signing, we talked about tight end Tyler Croft signing with the Bills, the ex-Cincinnati Bengals tight end. Um, the big, huge signing of um, the center Mitch Morris from the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, that was a huge signing. That's the biggest signing right now to date. And then we're also going to go over um, a couple of other ones. Today we're going to go over um, wide receiver John Brown, wide receiver Cole Beasley, offensive tackle Ty Nisecki, Offensive guard John Feliciano and uh, kick returner Andre Roberts. So a lot of cool names there, a lot of excitement, a lot of things that are, you know, even some are obviously major needs that the Bills had, but also, you know, we're just having some depth, just some areas that aren't necessarily very important on a roster, but still the Bills need a lot of depth at. So um, first thing we're going to talk about is free agent wide receiver John Brown. So he signed with the Bills for a deal that was about three years, $27 million. And, um, and this is... Um, now we don't, John, you and I don't follow a ton of Cardinals football or Ravens football just because we're Bills fans. We watch every Bills game, but John Brown, this is his sixth year in the league. He is a burner, man. He can light the field on fire. Um, he just, uh, he was a target for the Bills last off season, but he signed a one-year deal with the Ravens instead. Um, he started off hot, 
uh, with Joe Flacco as quarterback with the season. He had 31 receptions for 586 yards and four touchdowns. It's a great stat line for the first eight games. But then uh, when Joe Flacco got injured, Lamar Jackson took over. I mean, the second half of the season, he just kind of had a big dip. But so did the whole Ravens passing offense. I don't know if I necessarily blame that. Um, you know, the speculation is that the Brown could could do really well with the Bills and Josh Allen's arm. So now we have two wide receivers that have speed. You have second-year wide receiver Robert Foster, who came on really well um, late in the season last year. And now you have a veteran presence on the other side that can really stretch the field and really, you know, keep defenses from um, from really keying in on certain parts of the, of the Bills' offense. So I'm excited about that. I know he has some injury history. Um and, you know, there are certain other things. He's not, uh, you know, a true number one wide receiver, but um, I'm really happy that they, they got a solid uh, depth guy. And if you think about how, how young that team is, I mean, they kind of needed some veteran presence. What, what do you think, John? Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, you took the words right out of my mouth with the speed and between him and Foster and the way that Allen slings the ball downfield, they, they need, um, you know, at least a couple of guys that can do that. Um, and that's a really good point about Brown um, having uh, more of a veteran presence. And same thing with Beasley. Um, that'll help out uh, the younger guys a lot. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm looking forward to that. I, I, cover one was showing some really cool um, film clips of, you know, just just the routes that John Brown was running, some deep crosses, some some nine routes. I mean, he was, he was doing well with the ball in the air. I, it was just, it was exciting to see, and I'm really glad that, you know, we saw that or that we have a player like that on the team. Now, you just mentioned we brought up um, Cole Beasley. And right after the Bills signed John Brown, you're like, great. Now they have a veteran wide receiver. The um, the update right after that was that the Bills signed Cole Beasley, 30-year-old wide receiver out of Dallas Tex- or out of <laughs> Dallas Texans, out of the Dallas Cowboys to a four-year, $29 million deal. Um, he is turning 30 this April. But um, he was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Cowboys. He's a five foot eight, one hundred and eighty pound slot receiver, and uh, you know he's just been one of those guys that's been really reliable. Dak Prescott called him, or I believe he just said Cole Beasley is always open. That was one of his quotes, right? And you saw some. I, I retweeted some other. By the way, if you're not following us on Twitter, you definitely should be. Where you can find us on Twitter at CTW Pod, circling the wagons pod. And uh, and I'm always retweeting people's stuff. I'm tweeting things. I'm, I'm always interacting with Bills fans. And yeah, so there's a lot of really cool clips of it. He reminds me of actually like Stevie Johnson. He has that, that uh, improvisation to just get open and find the ball. So I was, I was really happy with this. I mean, this isn't, you know, the, tight, the, the wide receiver class in general was pretty weak. But um, here, you have a, here you have two solid guys. A guy in Cole Beasley, a guy with experience, more veteran presence even than John Brown, being in the league for uh, for seven years. So I was happy with that signing. John, what do you think about giving Josh Allen a reliable uh, slot receiver? I think it's great. I think he's going to help out a ton, um, especially on some some of the more short to medium passes. Um, it's um, you know looking at their receiving core, their top four at the moment, no particular order. You have Brown, Beasley, Robert Foster, Zay Jones. I, I got to say that they're still going to draft a guy. Um, mm-hmm. Where is that number nine or not? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not one receiver in that group. Um, yeah. But even if they don't draft a guy at nine, I mean, it's still going to probably take a couple years for a receiver to develop. Um, so you're going to want to do that. 
um, while you have guys like Beasley and Brown on the roster. Yeah, you know, one of the good things about having um, Cole Beasley on the roster is it allow, and, and especially John Brown in, in the speed receiver area, is it allows guys with younger or less experience like Robert Foster to still develop. He doesn't have to play all the snaps. You know, he can, I, I think this front office is really big on letting guys sit you know, to get them ready so that they're not automatically coming in as rookies or, you know, second year guys, you know, right off and, and having to be major contributors. They seem to be pretty good at that, you know, in some aspects. And, and I think a raw guy like, you know, Robert Foster, uh, I think they're still going to use him a lot. He's just not going to have to be on the field as much. And they really didn't have a good slot receiver. I mean, they had Isaiah McKenzie. I think they'll keep him around. Um, but again, you know, he just didn't have as much experience as a guy like Cole Beasley. So he can either sit or, like you said, they can still draft a guy. And, you know, then then they can sit a little bit more, spend a little bit more time on the on the bench and just gain some experience. Uh, I, I think they'll definitely draft a guy. You know, in this, in this wide receiver, if you didn't trade for Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham Jr., I don't know if you're going to get that number one wide receiver in this in this free agency class, you know, I mean, who else is, who's out there that's a number one wide receiver? I mean, so Tyrell Williams today, he signed with the Oakland Raiders, I believe. And uh, he, he's not a proven wide receiver one, you know, not that we know of. You're just kind of bringing him in, hoping that he could be that. He doesn't have to be that in Oakland because they have Antonio Brown now, but um, there's really not many of those guys out there in the free agency, especially. So, um, Probably why they were looking into Antonio Brown like that because there's such a big drop off after after him and Beckham. Mm-hmm. So one thing I'll say about that is if you have a a, a decent enough, enough wide receiver core, sometimes you don't and, and a good enough quarterback, of course, you don't need to have you know a, a number one stud wide receiver. I mean, just look at the Patriots all these years. Now Tom Brady is a different animal in itself, but I mean, he just never really had a true number one wide receiver except for like maybe Randy Moss you know, 10 years ago, but they've thrived with, you know, uh, a slot receiver like Julian Edelman, like Cole Beasley. He's basically like the Cole Beasley of the Bills right now. And then they had Josh Gordon, but even so, they didn't use Josh Gordon to the extent that you would expect a number one wide receiver. You know, they've always had a reliable tight end and Gronk. So I think, you know, if, if if the guy's good, you know, the quarterback will be able to find a way to get all these guys involved. I mean, just think about, for example, before Michael Thomas came to the Saints, I mean, Drew Brees never had a number one wide receiver for a long time, really, you know? So he had Jimmy Graham for a bit. He had all these other guys. He's still passing for 5,000 yards every season. So I, I I agree that you could have a number one wide receiver, that really, that stud guy that's just a Calvin Johnson-like guy, but there's just so few of them in the NFL that I think that if you can't get a guy like that, then I think the Bills are, are going about it the right way. So what do you, what do you think about... um? the thought of Cole Beasley kind of being like a poor man's Julian Edelman. The guy's like a little bit shorter. He's faster. He gets open. He can just open up the middle of the field. He kind of, I'm kind of hoping that since Brian Dable spent so much time in new England, he views Cole Beasley that way and they can somehow, uh, you know, utilize him in the way that new England did with Edelman. Yeah. I like that comparison. I, I'm, I'm really excited about Beasley. Um, maybe even more so than Brown. Um, just for that type of reason. So one thing that I want to bring up about um, Brown, Beasley, and actually a, a number of these guys that the Bills have signed is a lot of them are front-loaded contracts for the first season, so they can walk away from the last two or three years of their contract, the Bills can, without um, a huge uh, dead cap hit 
by doing this. So this is huge um, for the Bills. Uh, it's just a great work by Brandon Bean in general. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think Bean's doing doing a great job, and they still got all this cap space left this year still. Exactly. There's still uh, yeah yeah we're gonna talk about their cap space after this. So after the the Bills signed wide receiver Cole's Cole Beasley, they signed offensive tackle Ty Nisaki to a two-year deal, um, $14.5 million deal. Um, the guy was the guy is a six foot eight, three hundred and thirty-pound monster, uh, formerly of the Washington Redskins. Um, he it's funny, he's 33 years old, so he's had um, even though he's only played uh, four seasons in the NFL, he's been bouncing around from the CFL and the Arena Football Leagues. Um, he's played um, as Washington's swing tackle, as his um as guard as um so tackle and guard so he's been utilized in a lot of different areas and he played really admirably uh in relief of linemen like trent williams brandon sheriff and morgan moses and uh before this last season um last last off season he was uh tendered for a second round as a second round restricted free agent so that's kind of cool before this signing the bills were penciling in Connor McDermott as a right tackle, which isn't ideal. You know, it's it's you know he might be a little bit better than Jordan Mills, but we don't know for sure. Whereas this guy is actually another proven commodity um, for the Bills. And again, you know, just a, a just a two year contract, so a contract they can get out of easily after the first year if they decide that they you know want to move on for whatever reason or whatever. But um, and again, another great contract. John, what do you, what do you think? He's basically being paid, paid as a starter. He's going to become the Bills either new right tackle or left tackle. What do you think about that? I think it's a great signing. I mean, six foot eight, over 300 pounds. Um, the versatility, I think, is is one of the major key points. You, you know, you play guard tackle, be a swing tackle. Um, I mean, I think it's great. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice when the Bills actually have money to pay people see what a difference this free agency is than last free agency when they're hamstrung by the cap they can actually you know get guys that you know this is another under the radar guy i'd never heard of tinaseki before this last you know couple of days and you know i've been reading about him and, and it sounds like redskins fans aren't that happy that he's gone so that's a good thing always when you read that on twitter um yeah so another another really cool signing, another very, if I can use Brandon Bean's term, a very judicious signing, as are the rest of them so far this offseason. Um, so yeah, another offensive lineman. Then after that, uh, offensive guard, John Feliciano, was signed. Um, he's a former Oakland Raiders guard, and he just turned 27, just getting rid of, or just ending his rookie contract after being selected in the fourth round of the 2015 draft. Um, he started eight games over the first four seasons and spent most of his time basically as a depth option for the Raiders. Um, he's a versatile lineman, but played mostly guard, but has also taken snaps at tackle and center. So uh, so another offensive lineman, more depth along the offensive lineman, and kind of like you said, John, before, more versatility in what he can play. So, I mean, to me, it's it's like this guy might be a starter. He might start over Spencer Long or Russell Bodine or, you know, even... Why teller? So um, there's a lot of things to like there. Another more depth at the position, more free agent, veteran depth. Whereas you know the Bills could obviously still draft players with their ten draft picks and go from there. But but it's exciting. Are you, are you pretty much on the same same train as a Tynaseki um, signing? That this is another guy that's uh, that's more adds more valuable depth to the team. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, 
offensive line was clearly one of their biggest needs, along with receiver and tight end. And if you include Spencer Long, they've already signed five new offensive linemen. I mean, that's that's incredible. They're addressing their needs. It's great. Yeah. And unlike, remember back in the day when Marv Levy was a GM and the Bills, their big offseason spending was just like they signed ridiculous contracts for Derek Dockery and Langston Walker back then. That that was that was not what you would call quote unquote judicious spending by Marv Levy in the Bills front office then. You know. They Melvin Fowler on the team too back then. Oh, oh yeah, Melvin was Fowler it? was a center, I believe. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. You know, we love Marv Levy, obviously, on this podcast, but not so much as a GM. I don't know if he was the best GM, but, you know, they they knew they needed offensive line help and they just went about it a completely different way. And in the end, those guys didn't really pan out for the Bills. So um, now these guys still might not pan out, but hey, you're not on the the hook for a, a four or five year contract, you know, where you pay, you know, top 10 or top five money for, you know, a garden tackle. So. Um, I like it. I'm I'm very excited about this. The next signing that the Bills have made in free agency, which was kind of cool. Uh, we didn't really talk about this on the podcast. No one was, was really discussing this position as a need, but it definitely is a need, is kick returner. The Bills signed former Jets and former Raiders kick returner Andre Roberts um, to the Bills roster. So that was pretty cool. Um I specifically remember, John, and I know we did a recap of this. If you guys are are new to our podcast, we do a recap every Sunday after the Bills game. And I remember, I don't know if it was a first or second Jets game, where Andre Roberts just torched the Bills special teams (laughs) twice for great field position. I don't think he got the touchdown, but he went deep into Bills territory a few times. So, I mean, how nice is it to have a guy on this team uh, that has that potential ability to return kickoffs and, and punts for touchdowns in, in a position where the Bills really haven't had a guy like that in a while. Well, well to be fair, I, I think a lot of teams um, scorched the Bills special teams last year. <laughs> Almost every one of them, to be honest. Yeah, That's fair. But uh, no, you're absolutely right. Um, it's, it was definitely a need that a lot of us overlooked when we were talking about the upcoming free agency and the draft. I think it's a great signing. He led the league last year in uh, average punt return yards. He, he combined for five punt and kick returns for touchdowns over the last four seasons, and he did that with three different teams. So, you know, I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really psyched about that. You know, we don't have details on the contract yet, but, you know, just adding adding just better players at the position. I mean, you could look almost almost every position that's been signed, and you're like, okay, you know, they haven't really gotten worse with the players they've gotten rid of. You know, we talked about John Brown and Cole Beasley. I mean, last year the Bills had Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes. I would say that right now, knowing what we know about Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes, these are obvious upgrades at that position for veteran leadership on that team and talent, just talent in general. Um, one thing I've, I forgot to mention uh, with, with Cole Beasley and John Brown, things that I, I love – um, following the pro football focus on Buffalo Bills Twitter account. And I love when they talk about just the Buffalo Bills in general, either players that they've signed or drafted or during the season. It's a really good account. And uh, as, as far as John Brown goes, and they, they mentioned in 2018, Brown was targeted 20-plus yards downfield 28 times, the seventh most, which accounted for 30.8% of his targets. Um, and then with Cole Beasley, they said it, since 2015 – 
when lined up in the slot, Beasley ranks as, as sixth in targets with 140, eighth in yards with 15, 1,500, and fourth in first downs gained. So pro football focus really loves the Buffalo Bills signings. Um, in fact, they uh, I retweeted this today that the pro football focus gave the early winners of the free agency period to the Buffalo Bills between Cole Beasley and John Brown, which I just mentioned, but also with Tyler Croft and Frank Gore. So they had really high grades on all those guys. So it's kind of exciting, man. Kind of exciting time to be a Bills fan. Real quick, I want to talk about the uh, the Cole Beasley tweet since we've been discussing him and, and John Brown at length. This was something funny a lot of my friends were talking about and people over Twitter was, uh, you know, Cole Beasley, as most free agents do when they leave to a new team, you know, they always say, oh, it was great, you know, being a part of the city and... You know, I always have a special place in my heart for you guys, but, you know, I'm moving on to different things. And this one guy tweeted him and said, um, big mistake, Bills can't slash won't win. <laughs> and Cole responded back, was at the Cowboys for seven years. We didn't win either. I'll be all right. <laughs> it was just, it was just hilarious. It just, it, this, this guy is truly a member of Bills Mafia <laughs> at this point. How cool is that? Yeah, I think, I think he's going to fit in. <laughs> I love it. So that's kind of cool. Uh Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Um, so just in general, so we talked a lot about the the Bills signings, the free agents, our thoughts on them. But one thing I, I really like is that I asked this last year on the podcast after the Bills free agent signings and after the Bills traded Tyron and Cordy Glenn. And I, I feel like I have to ask this question again in this, this year's free agency period is – Brandon being a wizard, I mean, it's just like, you know, how nice is it to have a GM that actually feels competent as opposed to this? To win in this business, it's about two things. It's about players and winning. You know, <laughs> how nice is it to have some actual competence in the front office, John? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the Bills are at where they're at now, for sure. It's just it's just a sigh of relief to to feel like we're going in the right direction and not being not questioning because we've done this with past front offices just questioning all their moves and like really well you know giving them the benefit of the doubt like nah, maybe they're seeing something we don't see but then in the end it's like no they're just clueless <laughs> this year I this this front office I feel is not that way yeah and you know I I think part of it too is like I mean the last time the Bills had a good jam was what john butler yeah like it's been a while so i you know obviously it's still really early for being but oh, yeah. i'm you know fingers crossed right yeah yeah well you got to be encouraged so we'll never know how these guys are are really are at their job until they're like three or four years in right but at least we're encouraged right all these guys that they're hiring for coaches you know all these guys we'll see how they how they pan out all the players the coaches everything that they're doing but every step they make i feel like i'm just encouraged by the direction they're going you know it's just, it's nice. It's nice. So 
In other news, um, former Lions defensive end Ziggy Ansa is visiting with the Bills. Um, Bills medical staff will be checking them out for um, you know his shoulder after their surgery last season. He's also scheduled to visit with the Saints, so it's possible that they sign him. That would be an upgrade at just in general at defensive end and uh, pass rush. As for the rest of the AFC East, luckily since we last talked um, a few days ago that Anthony Barr ended up not going to the New York Jets, they ended up. Uh, he ended up re-signing with the Minnesota Vikings. So that's always a good thing when your when your uh, divisional rival doesn't end up getting a good player. Same thing with Matt Paradise. Matt Paradise did not sign with the Jets. At one time, it was between the Buffalo Bills and the Jets. So after the Bills signed Mitch Morris, you're thinking, well, they're obviously gonna, you know, the Jets are obviously gonna sign Matt Paradise and get better on the offensive line. Nope, they lose out to him. The Carolina Panthers end up signing Matt Paradise, which is great for us. Um, and then the and then the Jets do end up signing um, just recently the Le'Veon Bell, prized running back, free agent Le'Veon Bell from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the New York Jets on a huge deal. And uh, John, I'm going to ask you this question: Are you worried that the division rival Jets have signed a, a great running back like um, Le'Veon Bell? No, the Jets suck. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go that far and say that, but I'm I'm not worried at all, and I don't think Bills fans should be, because one one thing is I I think we both agree that Le'Veon Bell is probably a pretty good running back, right? Sure. I mean, I hate I hate to talk fantasy on this podcast, but you know it's one of those things where we don't we watch you know the primetime games and we but we always watch every Bills game, so I don't catch Le'Veon all the time. I know he trounced the Bills a couple of seasons ago with Rex Ryan, as if I think he had like a 250 yard game, but. But other than that, I haven't watched a lot of Le'Veon Bell. So, you know, I've had him in fantasy, and fantasy is all about stats and production. And without Bell, the last couple of seasons, whether he's been injured or suspended or holding out, the Pittsburgh run game has been pr- doing pretty well just without him. You know, he, they've been they've been producing. They've been putting up stats. They've been doing well running the ball, pass catching the ball. I mean, James Conner was, I believe, an undrafted running back, and he had a great season last season. And before that, it was D'Angelo Williams, who was like the 30-something-year-old running back from Carolina, who had an amazing season when Le'Veon Bell wasn't in the in the lineup also. So I think a lot of Le'Veon Bell's success has to do with the fact that Pittsburgh has an amazing offensive line in general. You know, they've, they've put a lot of draft capital into it. They put a lot of free agents into it, and they've paid those guys. And it, I think it's one of those things where you could run a lot of different running backs behind that line and they're going to do great. You know, does that make sense, John? I like that theory. I mean, there's, I mean, there's no denying that Bell's a really good running back, but Pittsburgh's really obviously really good at having good running backs, much like the bills. I mean, you look at the bills history, they have all kinds of running backs who run for a thousand yards. So yeah, I don't, I, you know, the, the jets are the jets, you know, they might, they might improve, but, um, I don't think a running back is going to solve all their problems. No, no, not at all. And I think that, you know, we saw last year with a bad offensive line, the Jet and the Jets, as, as far as I've heard and read about, the Jets still do have a really bad offensive line. They haven't signed a whole lot of players to it, at least, you know, I would say even the depth or starting type caliber that the Bills have. But, you know, you cannot run the ball without a good offensive line or at least a mediocre offensive line. I mean, just look at the Bills last season. I mean, they had a terrible offensive line. They couldn't run the ball for for crap. I mean, you know, some of that had to do with injuries and stuff like that, but they just could not run the ball. And it was very it handicapped the Bills team. They handicapped their offense. 
They couldn't get any. So even though the the Jets got Bell, it's a it's a flashy signing. I think he'll do okay there. I don't think he's going to do any. I don't think he's going to do nearly as well as he did in Pittsburgh. I'll just put it that way. So, um, you know, good for them for getting another weapon, but I'm not worried in general. Plus, he hasn't played in a year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he'll need to get back in uh, football shape. So another noteworthy news uh, related to the Bills is Tyrod Taylor uh, just signed with the Los Angeles Chargers on a two-year deal. He's reunited with former Bills offensive coordinator Anthony Lynn. So I, I don't know. I good for Tyrod. Um, I think he's. I think he's probably one of the best backups in the league. So um, good for him. But I just wanted to note that. <laughs> Quick T public plug. Um, if you're new to our podcast, we have a line of Bills T-shirts on our T public store. So head over to tpublic.com/stores/ctwpod where there's thirty percent off everything right now, including our McDermott Trust the Process shirt, our Josh Allen Jumping Over the Haters shirt, and our always popular Circling the Wagons logo shirt. If you don't like shirts, that's okay. It's cool. They have all of our designs in hoodies, cell phone cases, wall art, flags, pillows, everything just in time for the draft in the 2019 season. So again, that site is tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. The ctwpod is just like our Twitter handle, circling the wagons pod. As for um, (laughs) the Browns traded for just big news in general, big NFL news. Um, You know, we talked earlier about, you know, the Antonio Brown trade. I think it will last podcast, but... Um, the Cleveland Browns traded for Odell Beckham Jr. from the from the New York Giants. There was uh, talks that the Giants approached the Bills asking if they wanted Odell Beckham Jr. Um, apparently, the Bills did not initiate those talks, but they they at least talked with the Giants and uh, apparently thought that what they were asking for was too much. So, eventually, what the Giant the Giants ended up getting from the Browns is a first round pick from the Browns, a third round pick, and uh, safety. So um, Odell Beckham Jr. is now a Cleveland Brown. So isn't that crazy? I feel like the AFC is starting to shift and like the Ravens don't look as good anymore. <laughs> you know, they're losing players in that division. The The Steelers just lost Bell and Antonio Brown. And, um, you know, the Bengals are a hot mess. Wouldn't it be crazy if the Browns and the Bills are like two of uh, the top teams in the AFC? next season with with all the moves they've made and and the way that their uh their franchises are headed that'd be pretty crazy i'd I'd be down with that yeah it's about time that the the bills and browns flipped this you know what i will say when we remember when we went to canton for uh for andre reed's induction ceremony i always thought i talked to a lot of browns fans because they had just drafted johnny menzel and they were so cool i mean i think that's one of those things where if your franchise isn't winning a lot you don't talk a lot of trash or anything like that like and they were like well you know you guys should be excited about this and that and i was like no you guys should be excited about johnny manzel and they're like yeah we'll see well it turns out they were right (laughs) but but brown's fans for yeah plus the cities are real close together they you know they share a lot of similarities as well yep yep you were saying historically since you're a local bills historian that a lot of bills fans now used to be browns fans before the bills franchise existed is that correct yeah, I think that's true. Because that was the closest, like you said, proximity-wise, I believe that is the closest NFL city. And it's the only one in, uh, the Bills being the only one in New York, they obviously wouldn't go to the New Jersey Jets or Giants. 
<laughs> yeah, I knew you would go to New Jersey. <laughs> so I uh, I tweeted this out. <laughs> I tweeted this out um, after the Odell Beckham Jr. trade that I remember thinking that the Giants drafting a running back and not drafting a quarterback last year with the number two overall pick was the dumbest thing ever when Eli is clearly almost done. And then they traded for Odell Beckham Jr. And I still think them not drafting a quarterback last year is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> you know, they had the second overall pick. They, besides Baker Mayfield, they could have picked whoever they wanted. And instead they picked a running back. Mind you, a great running back, but just so dumb to prioritize. It's just so backwards thinking and so, you know, 1980s, 1990s way of thinking, you know? Well, they got to rebuild around Eli. <laughs> yeah, you got to rebuild around a quarterback that's not going to be in the league in a year or so, you know? You know, he is 2-0 and against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah, oh, I will say, you know, as much as I, I'm not a huge fan of Eli, even though he's not the same player he was if he ever was an amazing quarterback, um, two of the best Super Bowls I've ever watched were because of him. <laughs> that's for sure. So I was thinking, though, as far as Dodo Beckham Jr. trade and, and the New York Giants, that I am so glad that we have Brandon Bean as our general manager and not Dave Gettleman. And part of me wonders because, yeah, because Bean was the assistant GM while Gettleman was the GM in Carolina, was Bean the force behind some of the Panthers' major success? Because as the way it goes right now with those two separated and in different franchises, it doesn't seem to be the other way around that Gettleman was the reason why the Panthers got to the Super Bowl or the reason why they had built up so much talent on their roster. I, I'm starting to think, I don't, I can't say this for sure, but I would wonder if Bean was just looking to get out of Gellman's shadow to actually run a franchise the way he's doing it in a judicious way. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I, I the thought had crossed my mind. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting point. Yeah, I'm just going to say it's a fact. It's a fact right now. Brandon Bean <laughs> is a much better GM than Dave Kettleman. <laughs> He's going to tank that that franchise for two seasons before he even starts a rebuild. Isn't that insane? I don't know. Anyway, another item of note, offensive tackle Darrell Williams, a highly sought-after offensive lineman by Bills fans, has officially re-signed with the Carolina Panthers on a one-year deal. Apparently his knee injury was enough to keep the Bills and a lot of other teams away uh, he was supposed to be one of the top right tackles in free agency, but only the Panthers were willing to sign him, and no team must have made him a multi-year deal. So that knee injury must have been why the Bills ended up uh, jumping on Ty Nesiki when they did. So just a quick note, BuffaloRumblings.com, which, which we're a podcast for, obviously, had the most traffic day um, for that site ever in the history of BuffaloRumblings.com. Buffalo Rumblings has been around for over 10 years, and yesterday was the highest trafficked um, day for the site. So that's awesome. Uh, on the site, there is this awesome tab on the page, I guess you could call it, called the Free Agent Tracker, which everyone should be checking constantly for not only signings as they happen and, and contract details, but also rumors of, of who the bills are, are looking at or rumored to have been, you know, being brought in for signing, like like we just said, Ziggy Ansah. Um, the folks over there writing these articles and giving us updates do a tremendous job there, um, just writing on each player and linking each article to the free agent tracker. So check it out. It's a great source. Um, 
last podcast where we discussed all of the the first wave of signings was our the most downloads we've ever had for our podcast. So we thank you. Um, it's just a great time to be a Bills fan. If you guys are listening through iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, um, please leave us a review. We we'd appreciate that for sure. Um, we have a lot of new listeners and and you know, a lot of guys don't know us, but you know, if you, if you do like what you hear, um, you know, we do this a lot. We're bills fans, just like you are. We just love talking about it and, and giving, you know, any insight that we can and any insight that we can share. So, uh, leave us a review if you can. Um, I, I told everyone last week that, um, I was talking a lot of trash about Jalen Ramsey a few weeks ago and the Jaguar. So they kind of, they kind of torpedoed our, our ratings for a, for a minute. So <laughs> maybe Bills fans can help us out and, and help us override those, those Jags fans, uh, one-star ratings. So, um, again, if you're new to us, we talk Bills all year round from a fan perspective. Um, we do off season and weekly recaps, um, during the Bills season. Uh, we plan on going to the training camp together as, as a podcast group with, with John, the co-host here tonight and our other co-host Mike. And, uh, so that'll be fun. Um, we're going to go to a, a couple of games this year to talk bills. And, uh, so if you don't follow us on Twitter, please do. Um, we follow back all bills fans. It's something that I love doing. I love gauging the fan base that way. And just kind of seeing what you all think of, of certain moves that occur. I love interacting and talking things out because I'll be honest, you know, first and foremost, unlike other people out there and other podcasts, like I admit, we don't know everything. You know, we, we try to learn the most we can by reading and talking to fans and talking to each other just on this podcast. John will bring up something that I hadn't thought of, and I'm sure vice versa. Right, John? Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, so we, we definitely don't know everything. And, you know, that's one thing that we all learn because there are some very knowledgeable fans on Twitter and on the buffalorumblings.com comment section. I mean guys that just pay attention to to things like that. So so please keep your tweets coming in. Follow us at CTW Pod. That's at Circling the Wagons Pod. Um and go from there. So um John, John, it's always dude, it's always great to talk to you twice in one week. It rarely happens when we do the podcast, but it's just been one of the best weeks ever in free agency. So um I think we're gonna sign off. So for John. The wheels are in motion. Things are happening. Yeah. Absolutely, buddy. And for me, Nate, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. (laughs) That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.